This is Andrew Spawn, creator of MyMuse, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and I've got a interesting guest lined up because uh, for me, I... I look for creative outlets. I look for anyone who is helping us uh, do some really creative things. And that's why I went searching for this next guest who is running a creative agency. He's going to sort of talk about his journey. He's had a number of pivots in his own life. And uh, he's now running a very successful uh, company called uh, Fake Crow. I love the name. It's one of the best uh, creative names I've come up with, uh, Fake Crow. Uh, You can go and check it out. Just go to fakecrow.com. He's based in Los Angeles. He works with a lot of startups. His name is Alpa Keka, and uh, he is joining us. So welcome to the App Guy podcast, Alpa. Thanks, Paul. Like, it's great to be part of this. Uh, Yeah, I'd love to know, like... in the little pre-chat we had there, you mentioned that uh, you had a number of pivots in your own life. You started out as a musician. That's a, probably a good place to start. How on earth did you go from a musician to running your own agency? <laughs> well, I, I, let me give you a little bit of summary, I guess. Uh, I am originally from Turkey, like the last 10 years. I've been living in L.A., uh, but most majority of my life I spent in Turkey. And a part of it I spent in London. I studied in London music uh, school for a while. I was called Musicians Institute back then. Uh, my story is like I like you know music was music was the cool thing. So I started doing that when I was twelve, thirteen, and kept doing it for another twenty years. Uh, I toured around, recorded artists. Uh, I worked as a producer. I worked as a composer. Uh, and at some point, like ten years ago, I moved to states. And the idea was, I'll, I'll I like me doing music. I'll keep doing music. Uh, but I needed a side job, so, and uh, I didn't want to take a regular job, then I wouldn't be able to do any music. So I started uh, running some internet businesses, small ones. I had an eBay business for a while. And also, like b- because of lack of resources mostly, I, w- I learned how to do websites for, for myself first and for friends. And I, I've been always curious, so like I need to figure out stuff and I'm pretty good at reverse engineering stuff. So I was taking looking at what I like out there and then reverse engineering and building those sites. And then that turned into uh, more of a design related gig for me. And I started being contracted by first smaller companies, then up to fortune 500 companies. Uh, and this is pretty much the same time where UX and UI uh, became very, very important or people realized that it's really important. Uh, so my role uh, shifted over time into being more of a UX lead or, or UX uh, strategy and uh, uh, implementation guy. Yeah, um, so, so I'd love to pick up on like the start there. You talked about you were a musician for 20 years. And I, you know, I sometimes think that app developers are in a similar bracket in a way that there's the the, the cream at the top that are earning a lot of money, you know, they get their companies sought out for billions of dollars and, uh, and you know, that's all we read about. And, and then there's the mass of app developers. And we learned on this show that a majority of app develop, developers are earning under $3,000 per year. And uh, we know that me, being a musician, it can be quite hard. Was it hard for you? And, you know, in terms of making a revenue from following your passion in music? 
Um, well, for well, it, it was ups and downs, and there's like that's the, that's the nature of the business. I mean, like, you don't know what's going to happen next week. It's not a graph that is predictable that much, uh, and and the same thing applies. There is the one percent of the, the musicians as well. I was more of the on the studio side of things, and. I made a living and I survived for 20 years and, and I, I sold uh, as a producer more than a million copies. I, I played like thousands and thousands of gigs. So like I, I, I did what could be done uh, without being a star, I guess. Uh, and I was not interested in that. So like it was kind of a vicious circle for me at that point. But my decision was not that deliberate. Like most of the cases, uh, necessity is the motherhood of all inventions. So like, in my case, I had to figure out a way uh, uh, which would give me flexibility and keep me creative. And for me, that was design. But when I say design, it's not the pixel pushing or like making things pretty. I was really interested in learning how can I make things work better? How can I uh, contribute to products and, and services that people will be utilized easier, faster, more efficiently, cheaper, etc. And that has been the guiding light for the last, uh, I don't know, 10 years. Uh, and that let me let into, let, uh, into like meeting a lot of new people, learning a lot of stuff. It's it's really about learning most of the time for me. Like I I am learning one thing, and then I'm uh, using that knowledge for the next thing. And and our agency in that sense has been really helpful because that and that's I mean we are, we are not a standard creative agency. Faker is a uh, creative services provider which includes UX UI and strategy. Uh, but it's mostly for, for startups. I mean, we, we work for uh, and with larger companies as well, but our main structure is all about startups. So it's basically a startup for startups. And that, that, that's something that we're feeding from a lot because as we are in the middle of a bunch of companies trying to do different things but have similar hurdles, uh, we're trying to figure out this stuff and every little piece that we figure out helps the other company as well. So and and in like in the end, like I, I I get to be the center of at the center of this and learn a lot from it. And yeah, because I, I was thinking, uh, you know, in terms of working for startups, and uh, this is something that's been, you know, really important to me following this whole industry is that startup founders put everything on the line. They sometimes, you know, have to uh, forego a, a good living. You know, they risk sometimes their houses. They put credit card debt on. It could be quite a tough. Uh, time being a startup founder, but but they are doing it because they want to deliver their vision for the future, and and unfortunately, it seems like all the money is being made in in you know financing these people, the the, the banks that finance the startups. And what, what's your experience with working with startups and being a startup founder yourself? Uh, a couple of things. I mean, it's 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 an adventure. So like you need to be ready for that. If 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 that's what you want, you should go into this. Otherwise, it like nothing works out the way you plan, and and it's really more about adapting to what what is thrown at you. Uh, in our case, I mean, we it, again like every every time I look look back, I realize that I could have done some stuff better, but also like by intuition, like I I'm realizing that we've done stuff mostly okay, just so that we could stay alive. Uh, you write about the financing part of things, but I think it's also a, a, the, the definition of success, happiness, and and and, and those high-level values. Uh, I, I personally would probably make more money uh, working for a larger corporation and 
and having a secure, it, it would be still a design job, but it, it, it's, it's just not me. I can't do it. Uh, so like that, that's, that, so I have to figure out what is the minimum. That, that was my question. Uh, me and my partner and wives, uh, we had to decide, okay, what is the minimum that we need to, to go keep pursuing our dreams or pursuing the things that's going to give us flexibility. Uh, and in our case, it was not a lot. So we could actually, uh, we did not care about, you know, big luxuries. I mean, we cared about the good, good, like being able to eat decent food, of course, uh, or like have clothes that don't have holes in it, but we're not really looking for anything uh, that is luxury at this point. So like, and, and that we built fake growth with nothing pretty much. I mean, we started the company and it was just a setting setup costs. And I think it was, I think $800. And the company is, I think now we're a little bit over five years old and that's it. No, no financing, no, no nothing. Like we've been bootstrapping and, and the only way to do it is like, we, we, we need to be very efficient. And that's one confusion. There are a lot of, you'll see a lot of startups who like you, you see startup cribs and you'll see all these awesome offices and all these other perks. Uh, and I have, I have a problem with that because like if it's a startup, if it's not, if it's just trying to figure out where it belongs, it's just too much to spend on these things. Like it, I know it's, it becomes necessary to, to uh, get attention of uh, talent and et cetera. But uh, again, like I am coming from the, lean school and i like to keep everything lean including the the facilities that we're using or, or the resources we have yeah i want to pick up on uh, this point of uh living modestly because i think you and i are very much on the same page with that whole thing and i want to appeal to anyone listening right now any of the appster tribe who are trying to get into the app business for money because uh, i mean all we read about are the successes and what we don't realize when we're getting into this is that those successes have been cherry-picked from thousands and thousands and thousands of failures and we only we only read about the you know the the cream of the the top and i just want to again reinforce what you said there that if, you, if you're getting into it for money then maybe it's not the right thing but but this whole industry the apps creative agencies it, it's as you say you're just learning every day it's amazing and it's just the price that you pay for, uh, I guess, being your own founder and doing your own thing is you don't do it for the money at the end of the day. Is that something you would say? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, money is not important, but the lack of money is very, very important. So there's a balance there. You need to be very careful with that. But uh, yeah, it can. The money cannot be the main reason. I mean, it, it's somewhat in a lot of cases. It's an indicator of success. But there are other things you can judge your success. For me, like I, I can have this conversation with you at like the you know, middle of the day, uh, where if, like that that I like that flexibility. Like that's something I don't want to give up on. Uh, and and there are a lot of things like that which automatically makes me uh, do the things that I do. Like it's 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 not a lot of cases. It's a very intuitive. Well, this is the way it is, kind of thing. Where I don't really sit down and say, "Should I be a banker or an entrepreneur or a creative director?" It's it's just I I look for the stuff that's in line with who I am, and uh, and this is who I am, I guess. Yeah. Again, I just anyone listening, you know, what my experience is is that uh, I was probably my most unhappiest when I was my richest, uh, working in the city of London, and you don't realize that it's. It, it, 
what drives me now is freedom, freedom to do what the things I want to do. And uh, having in this conversation with you as well is, is part of that. And so uh, what would you recommend to uh, people just starting out uh, and uh, thinking whether to go down the line of working for a corporate or working for themselves? W- w- have you got any guidance for us? Uh, I mean, I, I, I can tell you what, I, it, what worked for me. Uh, and it was basically... Sh- Mostly showing up, like you know, like if you, if something's happening and if you're interested, be there. Talk to those people. It's gonna lead the stuff. Maybe the stuff that you're not even thinking about, and and it, things go places. And also, like it's it's really a long game. And I, I know a lot of people uh, who uh, who just show up uh, in 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 an environment and they try to raise money or build this company, and they're they're islands. And and it takes time to build uh, a network around it. And now it's a little bit easier because most of that networking and uh, your connections are going to be on t- through online sources. But uh, you, you got to think about this uh, as a very, very long game. I mean, every time we sign up a new client with, with Fakro, what we do is like we, we really don't look at the startup. We look at the people. It's, it's really more about the people than the businesses because I don't know if your app idea is going to work, but if, if, if you're, you're really good at what you're doing on figuring out things and adapting and and taking data as your guidance and on top of that if you have a talent for like finding the seeing the right things at first glance uh, then i'll follow you or like i'll partner with you uh not because your idea is awesome because you are awesome and and a lot of the times most of the investors they're gonna they're gonna invest in you more than your app idea and ideas like, don't worry about the ideas. I, we can come up with 20 ideas in 10 minutes. And and the things that we think that won't work may turn into big businesses or the things that we think that are awesome, if we execute them bad, they're not going to turn into anything. It's really about execution, keeping at it, keeping your focus uh, and like being data driven. Uh, all these things combined, it's really a long game. It's not something like I have this awesome idea and I have a little bit of money, I'll just get somebody to build it and then like then we go into the moon that's not going to happen well i love the fact that you said it's all about the people because alpa i i that's one of the reasons why i set up this show was to uh, actually build up more of an authority in the space and then attract the people i want to work with and and the types of uh, clients and the the people i want to get involved with because uh I had the experience myself of working for clients that uh, weren't particularly pleasant and nice people and uh, were always driving you down on price. I didn't really understand the business. And uh, I think I appeal to anybody, you know, for my own experiences to uh, to take your advice there about uh, just judge who you want to work with and be and you can afford to be fussy. I mean that's an awesome point. I mean, and and you're you're dead on. Like uh, th- we did something similar, or still doing something similar. I mean, when we first started, it was, uh, you know, p- putting the word out and saying, well, we, we built websites or we we make apps. Uh, come work with us, and they wouldn't know us about us. So like whenever somebody did not have any money, then they would knock on their our door and try to get something really no, nobody else is going to do at that price point. Uh, and that's that like the, it, I, I think they were right. like I would do the same thing. But then we started uh, creating content and sharing our knowledge with, with the whole startup world. and and for example, Fakegrove publishes a lot of uh, blog posts which get circulated and gets picked up sometimes by, by other news outlets as well. And once that started happening and and we also started being a little bit more active on social media. Now, like when we say, 
a lot of the times I don't need to tell what we do or how we do it to the new clients because they've already gone through all that material and that's why they picked us. It's it's not what we do, but it's also how we do it and what is the process behind it and how do we validate all these things we're doing. A uh, very major uh, point, I think that that could be also useful for uh, all your listeners is that whenever we start a project, we immediately start with uh, all, all the things that's going to be around it in terms of content. For example, you need to have all your social net. I mean, you, I'm not saying spend five hours, six hours a day on Twitter, but you need to have those presences. Uh, and, and, and once you have that, then it's, it's really building a little bit of content. And that content helps in a lot of ways. First, it starts creating some awareness. It's, it's good for SEO, but most importantly, it starts bringing people and their feedback. And that, that starts uh, a, a notion of, of community. And when people feel like they're a part of something and, and when they feel like what they think and say affects the outcome, uh, then, then they, 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 they hug this dearly then they they want to uh hold on to this thing and they'll fight for you and that has been the case when for us for a lot of i mean they're not the ideas are not always sexy like it may be a, a business thing and it may be quite boring as well but if it's solving somebody's problem then people uh, uh, tend to come together around that idea and promote that idea and you should start that even before uh, a coming soon page or, or, or sign up for our beta page it can it can start as early as your idea and that's also a validation like you know all the feedback you're going to get through there with actions or lack of actions is going to tell you if you should build it or if you should build it the way you uh, originally imagined so uh, that's fantastic going through that because what what i'm learning from you our prayers just to summarize it is that you are uh, producing a lot of content, doing content marketing, uh, just being helpful as, as many places as you can be. You're building up a presence. And ultimately what happens is you're educating your potential clients so that when they do contact you, reach out to you, they are already in. You don't need to sell them. They, they, they kind of know what you do. Uh, and so hence that whole selling process has been done for you and uh, you just sign them up, I guess. Pretty much it. I mean, in our case, our biz dev is basically creating content and, and circulating it. I mean, and we're not pushing it. It's not like, you know, it's not intrusive or anything. It's just, well, here's our newsletter if you want to sign up for it. And and that's growing. Like, it, we don't have, like, hundreds of thousands of people on that list. But we know that we've got a good rate uh, when it comes to opens and uh, people taking action after reading that. So that's a good thing. So we, uh, but we, it's all about value. Like we know, I know that like if I start showing them, this is what we do, this is my, what I do, this is what I do, then it's not interesting. It should be valuable for the person who's receiving this. And, and my job as a UX guy, like I'm the advocate for the user. So maybe it's a little bit easier for me to detach myself uh, from what we want to get from the users and try to see it through their eyes. Because uh, ultimately, like that, they, they, like you can do any PR and, and you can do any kind of push and it dies. But if you do it so that it's built into the fabric of this app or the startup, the, uh, and it, if there's a human element to it, and if it's providing value, like that wins. I mean, it doesn't win overnight. We, I know, like, we, you go to TechCrunch and it feels like, wow, they sold for $50 million or they sold for a billion dollars. And it feels like they did it overnight. But 
Like, it's just you heard it overnight. It, like, that happened probably at least in four years. So, Alpa, I'd love to pick up on the social media aspect because you sound like you know a lot about the numbers. And my experience is that uh, we can get a little bit sidetracked with the ultimate total number of certain things like number of impressions or uh, the number of, you know, size of your email list or, or, you know, all these things. But you mentioned something about engagement there and the number of click-throughs. Could you talk a little bit about uh, why we shouldn't get so hung up on the overall numbers and and we should get more focused on the user aspect and the the engagement side of it? Whenever we're doing a project, and it can be a major big thing or it can be a part of a bigger thing, which is very small, the, the we try to do the same thing. Like we, we try to focus on the end result and what what is what is the rate of success? Like how do we define success? And and that that's something we call or like it's called KPIs, key uh, performance indicators. Uh, so it, it it really depends on what you want to get out of them. And and it's about the idea as well. I mean some some apps like it doesn't matter how hard you tr- to try, they're not going to use your app every day because it's a, it's a contextual thing. Maybe it just works at Disneyland, and like then you, nobody's going to use it every day, but they're going to use it when they're in Disneyland. Uh, or like some uh, so in that case, retention cannot be one uh, criteria. Or like if you're building, let's say, a video app. Uh, then one of the criteria is how long are they staying on your app? Not how many times they come or how many uh, people have downloaded it, but you really care about, okay, are people coming and consuming video on this platform? So it's really about what the app is or what the startup is. Uh, and and you need to define these things at the beginning because that's where you set your goals. You say, well, we're here now and we want to do this. And uh it's really being smart in small places. I'll give you a small example. Uh, the, well, we're, we're right now building our first product. It's called Extensio. Uh, it's a startup on its own, and it's a uh, DIY visualization tool uh, for startups where they can put together a business profile, which is going to help them with their crowdfunding campaign or fundraising uh, efforts, uh, uh, investor relations, etc. Uh, go check it out. It's, it's, it's coming along very nicely, actually. It's extensio.com. Uh, and one thing we did while we were in the uh, early beta stages, uh, this was like, I think, four or five months ago, instead of, uh, you know, you know, the regular usual sign up for our beta, we'll let you know once we launch, I think. Uh, but what we did, we added one more layer to it. So like when somebody signs up, uh, give us your email and then... Uh, like we'll, we'll reach out at you. Once we get the email, we show them three questions. And like that's usually where the journey ends with most startups. We wanted to give them three optional questions, survey questions. Would you find this useful? Which one would you prefer? Or like what, like some, maybe some open-ended question. And, and the interesting uh, results, if you don't ask, you don't receive. And, and in this case, our ratio when the, during the time we had this test was over 95%. So if somebody gave us an email, they would most likely fill out that form as well. And that's data. That's got, I mean, those are the guys who want something to do with me or us, uh, and they, like, they, they're sharing information. So that gives me a lot of information about what I should be building next or what I should not be building next. Uh, and, and, and because our... We didn't. We did, of course, we cared about how many signs up we get, sign ups we get, and like if it's you know if we get 
10,000 signups overnight, of course, I'm going to call somebody from TechCrunch and tell them to cover this because there's news there. But for us, internally, for Extensio, we don't really need that many users to start with. We don't need uh, 10,000 people to come to the... Well, I, I hope they don't to, to all at once because uh, I want to first test things. That's why we do like a closed beta and sign, get signups for a beta. But I wanted to learn from these people. So... Uh, asking a couple of questions and getting that additional information and knowing that you can, you're able to actually reach back at these guys and ask more. It's more valuable than like, let's say 10,000 people who's going to do nothing and going to forget you in 20 seconds. That's great. So just in summary, then the, the advice would be to, uh, when capturing an email from a website to ask uh, two or three questions uh, about the app uh, or the app idea as a follow-up and then that gives gets people more engaged and you get a higher conversion rate so you know there's there's two things we want to squeeze in before the end of the show Alper. and one is that uh, on uh, almost every episode i do like to try and uh, come up with an app idea and uh, we, we've got a bunch of uh, indie app developers and people that build apps uh, listening to the show so uh, it's always good fun exploring new potential app ideas uh, now we've got two ways of doing this one is either to, uh, to ask you straight out do you have an app idea that you uh, are willing to share with us uh, uh, if you have great if not we've got another method of fleshing something out from you uh i i, I do have ideas i have a lot of them uh some like i am keeping in my vault until the time comes <laughs> yeah uh, understandable and, and, and some we're actually pursuing and like we're getting to a point where we need actually more uh resources to build and the resources is the main thing i mean it's again it's not ideas of course it's a starting point and it's going to be some are going to be better than others but uh, the success is going to depend more on the execution and for that reason like we we started some uh, ideas and then we put them in back burner uh, because we cannot dedicate our full effort into that uh, so what we're doing moving forward is actually taking some of those ideas and we started looking for uh, some partners, development partners. Uh, the, the way Fake Grow is, we're, we're only six people, uh, and, and it's very design heavy. Like we do most of the design. We, there are contractors, developers, uh, development shops that we work with, but we, we don't have the development force in our offices in, in Hollywood. Uh, so when we uh, want to bring a new idea to life, then the, the the option for now, the more viable option for now, for us is we bring whatever we can to the table and that may be connections, that may be uh, these marketing efforts. This, it, it's mostly the product because uh, that's what we do the best. Uh, and, and then we, we partner with the, another company or a resource. It can be an individual as well uh, to, to build this. So I have a couple of those who are, which are like uh, designed, fleshed out, all specs, are ready it's just waiting for the development house so if you have a good uh development yeah. house would like yeah. to well to well it i do in fact uh you know as you're speaking i did have a chat with uh someone i i really respect and uh, they actually do take stakes in the apps that they're developing uh, as a as a way of um, supple instead of you know getting paid out outright, they uh, they take a, a stake in the uh, in the actual success of the app, and uh, but they have like a part part equity, and uh, yeah, that seems to be happening more and more. And so uh, are you uh, so those ones. Um, is there anything any one that you can talk about? 
Uh, I don't want to give too much yeah. details. It, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but 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 like it's it's the, the the one that's that I was mentioning that's like fully designed and ready to go for development is it's basically a, uh, think of it as Quora meets Instagram. Uh, what? Sorry. Quora, uh, the QA. Platform. Oh yes, 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 yeah. So Quora meets Instagram. So it's more like take a picture, ask a question, and crowd will answer. That kind of a concept. Yes, there's because um, I I do. I think my wife actually uses this one, the, the Jelly. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. it's been phenomenally uh, useful. You know, like um, uh, we we're just walking the other day and uh, took a picture of some kind of weird plant and uh, posted that and got a response saying, "Yeah, that's poisonous," and what it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so some and things that Google right. can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that similar, I can... yeah different demographics uh different execution but but similar actually we, we started at the same time they 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 beat us to the uh, finish line yeah well that i mean again you know i'm appealing to the apps to try uh, listening to this right now is don't get despondent if there's another app idea out there because as you say it's all about execution and also the u- user design experience and uh, there's a lot of uh people using apps a lot of room to play and, and do something uniquely different with uh, your your uh perspective on the app uh, and so the fight yeah the final thing is we couldn't let you go without uh, asking like for at least one app that you've got that you could recommend uh, on your phone uh, maybe one app that perhaps we uh, haven't you know come across before or something unique uh, you know something that gets you through the day uh, well there's the usual ones that like that, that yeah no, don't worry about the usual ones uh, any uh, unique ones or anything that you think we may not have come across before I don't know if you came across, but uh, I'm using this new app called Bands in Town, which which is actually being very helpful for me. It's 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 not business, so I don't know how useful it's going to be for to your readers. But what it does is it ties into your Pandora, Spotify, Facebook, uh, what have you, and then puts together a list of artists. And if those artists are going to play around where you live, you get notifications. Because my like I I don't have time to go like check who's playing where like if if somebody I like to listen like I, I, and I hear about these things afterwards like oh they like you because they make the news you go like oh like you, they were playing here like and then I missed it so like this with this app I I get notifications a couple of months earlier so I can get a ticket as well. That is great. Bands in town. So uh, with uh, that uh, and uh, some of the other things you've mentioned, uh, they will all be in the show notes. So anyone listening, just go to theappguy.co and search for episode 183 uh, with Alpa Kaker. And uh, then you'll find all the links to the show notes uh, that we're talking about. Uh, there. Uh, let me show you one more, Paul. Actually, like I was looking at my phone. I saw one more. I think that this will be a little bit more useful for, for the listeners. Uh, it's called Team Story. And it, it's a small social networking app for startups. So everybody's in startup world. You'll see a lot into their world. And, and there's a lot of uh, good information sharing as well. And, and the guys who are building this are, are good friends and they're really good at what they're doing. So check it out, Team Story. Yeah, Team Story. That sounds great. I haven't heard of that. In fact, there's two. I, I think I may have come across bands in town. But yeah, Team Story. That's terrific. Well, Albert, I mean, it's just been great having you on the show. Uh, you've gone through your journey, your inspiration to me. Uh, how best can we reach out and connect with you? Uh, I mean, the usual Twitter, uh, Alper Cookier, my full name is, is my handle. And besides that, fakegrove.com, uh, extensio.com. I mean, we are a very small team. We're six people. So 
uh, if you, I, I will probably be the one replying to email. If not, they'll just forward it to me. Uh, but for direct, direct access, you can also email me at alperetfakecrow.com. Wonderful. Well, thanks for coming on the show and, uh, you know, thanks for sharing your journey and all the best in it. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help you out. Uh, it's been, it's been a, a wonderful kind of uh, episode and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you progress. And uh, I can't wait to, you know, look out for those ideas that you were keeping in your vault. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, as I, I, yeah, we'll read about it. Uh, there'll be one of those uh, multi-million pound exits. <laughs> Or even I'll maybe do another podcast about one of those in the future. Who knows? But uh, like, very, very nice to to know you uh, a little bit deeper, uh, and and thank you for this. Like, it's been really fun for me as well.